every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. The administration of elections is primarily a state and local responsibility. Whether you voted for the very first time or waited in line for a very long time, by the way, we have to fix that. Welcome to High Turnout, Wide Margins. This is Brianna Lennon. I'm the county clerk in Boone County, Missouri, and with me is my co-host. Eric Fay, Director of Elections in St. Louis County, Missouri. And today we have a very exciting episode. We're going to be talking to Gloria Bilchik about the book that she wrote, Election Insiders, and what she has learned from going behind the scenes. And I'm really excited to learn what advice she has and what she saw in this process. I, I, I think it's very rare that we get to hear a perspective from a very engaged voter about things that we do every day that sometimes we forget that not everybody is thinking of all the time. So we really appreciate you being here and we're very excited to learn more. So first, how did you get interested in the local elections administration practice and and how did you end up coming to write this book? Well, I, I mean, I'm pretty much an election junkie. I've been involved in, as a volunteer in campaigns for, for many years, dancing around the edges of elections in many different ways. You know, I've been, you know, in the old days when people used to stuff envelopes for election campaigns, I did, I did that and I made phone calls for elections and I've knocked on doors and done all those kinds of things. And that's the kind of stuff that a lot of voters think is, a, is an election. People think that elections are campaigns and they don't really know that there's much more to elections than the campaign because the campaign is sort of the public facing side of the world and it's kind of the, the sexy part of elections, but it's not the nitty gritty. And most people have no idea beyond the campaign what actually happens when they vote and what happens to their vote and what happens after their vote. And so I've always been interested in that. And then a number of years ago, working with a, a not-for-profit organization, I had this idea about, let's go visit the election board. I wonder what they do there. And uh, we took a group of high schoolers to the election board when they were in their previous location in St. Louis County and asked a lot of questions and learned a lot of stuff and it just sort of ignited for me a curiosity to do more. I've been a freelance writer for many, many years, and I just go where my interests are, and here's one of them. And uh, it just it kept growing. And then a couple of years ago, uh, we organized another tour of St. Louis County Election Board, which Eric led. And it was I, I, there were just there was just stuff going on there that I had no idea about. I had just never. Really, you know, I've, I've worked on voter registration drives and I've helped people sign up as voters, but I had no idea what happened to the cards after they signed them. So there I was on this tour of the election board and there were people checking on voter registrations. And I've also been involved in petition drives and I've gotten people to sign petitions. But I didn't know what happened to the petitions after we turned them in. And there I was, you know, at the election board and there was a place, there, there were people there whose job was to verify signatures. I thought, wow, there's all kinds of stuff here. So that was sort of the germ of the idea. And I must, I must give a little credit to a book I read 
which had nothing to do with elections. In 2018, I read a book called The Library Book. It was written by a very famous writer named Susan Orlean, and she went behind the scenes at the Los Angeles County Library and did a bang-up job of making it come alive, you know, a library, who knows what goes on there. And I thought, gosh, that's a really interesting subject to go behind something that's a public function and see what happens behind the scenes. So there we had the idea. I said, I wonder if I could do this with elections. I basically cold called Eric Fay. I have this idea. Do you think I could do, do you think I could like just hang out behind the scenes at the election board and just see what you guys do? And he thought it was a pretty good idea, believe it or not. So I wrote up a little proposal and brought it into Eric. And he said, you know, you really, he liked it. He liked it a lot. And he said, why don't, let's meet with the staff. And I met with the staff and still didn't really know what exactly I was doing. And before we started anything else, I just asked one question. I said, what do you wish voters knew that they don't currently know? And I guess that was a good question <laughs> because everybody just sort of, burst out with all these stories, you know, how voters just don't know what's going on behind the scenes and how much they wish voters knew. And of course they said the classic, which turns out to be classic. I didn't know it was classic until they said it, but they said the classic thing. They said, we want people, we wish people knew what we did the other 364 days a year. And I know that every election administrator has said that at some point, I had never heard it before. I was like, oh, okay. What? Well, let's find that out. That would be that would be really cool. So they said, okay, next step, you got to talk with the board. And so Eric introduced me to the board and I presented my thing to them. They gave me three minutes to present my whole concept and I failed. <laughs> I said, I wanted to be sort of a fly on the wall at election headquarters. And that was like, boing, boing, red flag. They did not like that. The first question they said was, what do you mean by a fly on the wall? Because I'm sure what they thought I was going to do was, you know, write some kind of an expose and air all the dirty laundry, you know, and all the secrets that they didn't want anybody to know about. So they were pretty negative on that to begin with. One day, not long after that, Eric called me. I happened to be doing a, an election-related volunteer job that day. I was, I was working at the uh, League of Women Voters office here in St. Louis doing some kind of grunt work there. And Eric called me and told me, he said, you know, I don't think this is going to happen. And I was like, oh man, this is the, this is the best idea I've had in a long time. <laughs> Why can't I do this? And he said, the board just isn't excited about it. And I sort of had this moment where I said, I'm not taking no for an answer. I don't know what came over me, <laughs> but uh, instead I said, okay, you know, let me, let me rethink this a little bit. So I rethought it a little bit and resubmitted a, a proposal that wasn't quite as aggressive. I think, you know, I, I said, how about I just, you know, I interview a lot of people behind the scenes and I observe people under supervision, you know, you can be my minder. And they still, I still didn't get a lot of positive feedback on that. But then I just started calling Eric and said, can I just come over and like, there was something public going on. I forget what it was. Might, might've been a demonstration of new equipment that they were, you know, getting ready to buy. I said, can I just come over and observe that? And Sure. And then he introduced me to the board chairman and said, here's Gloria. And I just started doing stuff. And I guess what happened was I became sort of a familiar face around the office 
and I was not being totally obnoxious. I wasn't embarrassing people. And I think they got the idea that I was not writing an expose and that I was really well-meaning in this. And so that's how we got started. That's a great place to start, Gloria, because I think most election administrators would be hesitant to do something like this, like a lot of folks in my office were, because, I mean, look at look at what ended up happening in 2020, a lot of gotcha kind of stuff. And now, you know, there's legislation being proposed across the country in certain places to hold election administrators, you know, criminally liable for mistakes they make and things like that. So somebody kind of hanging around the office writing about what you're doing could be a little bit frightening. But I think in our case, you came to the board meetings, you came to the public demonstrations, you came to the public tests, you came to poll worker training, you know, some things that anybody can come to and anybody can see. And, you know, the rest of the folks around here kind of eventually came around to the the fact that what you mentioned was you have a legitimate interest in the process. You know, we developed a professional relationship. You know, all a lot of the staff members did with you. Now, when you come around, people say, oh, Gloria's here, you know, <laughs> it ended up being kind of an interesting and, and fun experience for us. And um, you wrote extensively about St. Louis County. You wrote a lot about, you know, other places around the country and around the world. But it was also really fun for a lot of our staff members to, you know, be in the index of a book, you know, about something they did professionally, because we're so used to being kind of the faceless bureaucrat behind the scenes doing stuff. And that's what I appreciate about your book that you kind of brought to life what we did, which was, I think, your goal. So I wonder, as you got into it, and you were coming to board meetings, seeing public tests, going to poll worker trainings, talking to our staff members, what were the things that were surprising to you? Um, Were there things that you saw that you expected to see? What did you, what did you see that you didn't expect to see? Most everything was a surprise to me because it, people on the outside like me, and I, and I, you know, as I've said, I'm an election junkie and I pay attention to things and try to keep up, although it's very hard to keep up. But most of us on, in, the, in the layperson world have no idea. We don't even know the questions to ask. And we don't know what we don't know as voters, we just expect, and and that was my hypothesis for this project, was that most people don't even think about what goes on behind the scenes. And the only time they think about what happens in in the nitty gritty of elections is on election day, maybe 10 minutes before they go into the polling booth or cast their absentee ballot. But most people don't really think about it. The only time they really think about it is when they think something has been going wrong. And then they're all over it as I'm sure every election administrator has, has learned over the years. Um, but that was my hypothesis, and I think my hypothesis has been proven. But, but people just don't know. And I, and I want to say that over the years, you know, I worked as a poll worker, an election judge, whatever you call it in your jurisdiction, multiple times. And I, one of the things that always surprised me, how much voters don't know and how much mythology voters bring with them to the voting booth. I mean, you know, I mean, for example, I mean, I, I remember writing down one time the, the myths that voters seem to have, you know, I've had people ask, where do I sign my ballot? You know, I mean, we all took civics in, in middle school and yet we don't remember that we have a secret ballot in America and that you don't have to sign your ballot and it's not traceable back to you. And another thing people ask all the time that I've noticed is that they want to know if I, if I don't vote on every race, does my ballot count? 
And then, of course, you know, the old the old bugaboo that absentee, absentee ballots aren't counted unless it's a close race. So, you know, I'm sure I at some point in my life, I had all of those misconceptions as well. But coming behind the scenes really, really cleared up a lot of stuff. So what did I what did I see that was surprising? Well, one of the big surprises to me was about mapping. I had no idea that mapping was so big in in election administration. You know, a lay person like me, I know where I'm supposed to vote, at least in the past where I was voting and, and you know, things have changed a little bit from them. Generally speaking, I know where I'm supposed to vote. I have no idea why they chose that place. I, you know, I have no idea why they, why they changed the place in the last election. And I think that's typical of most voters. And so when I was introduced to what people in St. Louis County call the mapping guys, that was a really big revelation to me, all, all the things that they do and how they draw the maps and how important maps are to elections. You know, I mean, I really learned for sure that, you know, good maps make good elections and bad maps can really screw you up. So that, that, was, that was a very big surprise that I, that I had no idea about. You know, I really didn't know anything about the process of voter registration and, and verification and all of the steps that people go through to make sure the voter registration is correct and the double checking and, and the ERIC system. I knew none of that. And it's, I have to say, knowing that would be very helpful to lay people because, you know, with all the doubt that has been sown about dead voters and voting twice and everything, I think if people would realize how much scrutiny goes into one voter registration it would be uh, revelatory. You would, you would feel much better about the system. Like it's really hard to cheat on voter registration. Same thing with absentee ballots. I, you know, and of course, absentee ballots were, were enormous in 2020. I, I didn't know how much was involved in double checking an absentee ballot. And it's another thing that I, you know, that, that uh, voters just don't know about. It's very easy to assume that things are being rigged and, falsified and harvested and all the things that people worry about until you see what actually happens. Those are some of the system revelations that I learned about. From your perspective now, having seen this, but also seeing what happens in an elections office day in and day out and everything that they're trying to juggle do you see a way that we could be better educating the, the voters to let them do this? Because I mean, that's that's the perennial challenge I think that we have is the content creation, trying to reach people where they are, effective communication and education. Should we be trying to find surrogates for this information? What do you think the, the impact of, of your book has been? You know, I see what's going on in Eric's office and they're doing it. They're doing a great job of they're on social media. And I, I find that to be very refreshing and very helpful. People have to want to know more in order to absorb more. And so this would be a good time for people to want to know more, to debunk the myths and to override the misinformation. But I, I you know, I, I can't really, transparency, I guess, is the best answer. I, I know that when St. Louis County was, you know, testing equipment and looking into buying all that, you know, million, $6 million worth of equipment, they put all, you know, all of the testing and all of the demonstrations were all online and live, Facebook live, and you could see them everywhere. And I think that was very helpful because I think a lot of people were very interested in that. And so I think, I think it's about transparency. 
I don't know how many election administrators around the country would let someone like me come in and, and do what I did, because it's probably pretty threatening. But I think that's the kind of thing that people need to do. They need to have a better relationship with the press and, you know, just be transparent. Because we're a college town and we have a journalism school that they wanted to be embedded on election day. And they got here. I said, are you sure you really want to get here at like three in the morning and stay all day? And they said, yeah, we, we will send somebody out. And it was very helpful. I think a lot of kind of like Eric said, I think a lot of people are scared to, to do that. And I, I see a lot of benefit to it, not just in Missouri, but probably other places as well. You know, I think part of what was so refreshing and made it so much fun for me, and I think was makes it fun for people to learn about it, is the humanization of the process. You know, I met the people. It wasn't just about the process. You know, a lot of times communications from government agencies are very impersonal. It's like, here's the form. Here's how we fill out the form. Make sure you write your name in black ink, blah, blah, blah. And it's not very personal. When I got behind the scenes and people started telling me stories about the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, like, oh, these are human beings doing this work. These are people who get up in the morning and have to face some crazy stuff. I mean, I'm, some of the things that were, were that I wrote about in the book that really brought home to me what goes on were some funny incidents like, you know, uh, a place in Arizona that, you know, the, the election worker showed up and the place had been foreclosed on the night before and all the ballots were inside and all the equipment was inside and the, the uh, county recorder or whoever was in charge of elections had to like set up a pop-up polling place in the parking lot that day. That's the kind of stuff that I would never have known took place, you know? And of course, then there's a story about poor Zach Goldford from, from St. Louis County who showed up on for a, uh, to set up an election site and he was attacked by a falcon that was flying around in the gym. <laughs> I mean, you know, this makes you understand the life of a poll worker and the life of an election administrator in a way that you can't get when they tell you just fill out the form, you know? So th those are some fun stories, you know, it's all stuff that administrators know about, but don't have a way of personalizing it for the voter. And that was one of the one of the great things about working with St. Louis County was everybody was very open. And so that was pretty good. And uh, let me just say one more thing about something that I learned that I that I talk about all the time. And that is, you know, we live in a hyper, hyper partisan world. And, you know, we've all stopped being friends with some people who don't agree with us politically. And it's it's very difficult. And yet when I went to St. Louis County and I spent a lot of time there behind the scenes and talked to a lot of people and honest to goodness, I could not tell who was a Republican and who was a Democrat. You know, and I know a lot of people have had a lot of strong, have a lot of politically strong feelings, but I really couldn't tell. I mean, they were there to do their job. And I was very impressed by that. I was very impressed by the professionalism and the dedication of the people who do the job. And and I know that voters on election day, you know, sometimes walk into the polling place and go, oh my God, the people who work here are so old, blah, 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 blah. 
And really, I don't think they really appreciate how well-trained and how much the workers care about the job that they're doing and, and how long some of them stay <laughs> in the job because you know they all, they, a lot of people would say to me, I would ask them, how long have you been here? Oh, 10 years. Well, you look like you're sort of approaching retirement time. What are you gonna do? And they'd say, I'm just gonna stay for one more presidential. And I just found that charming and delightful. And then of course, in my book, I mentioned the longest serving poll worker in America was uh, uh, Ms. Wooten, I think was her name. And she worked the same polling place in New Jersey, the fire station for like 70 years. And she worked until she was 98 years old. That her last election was when she was 98 years old. And I mean, that's the kind of people that I'm, that, that I'm meeting in election world that voters should know about because they're not just people who, you know, yes, there are people who I know who come for just the, the paycheck, but there just seem to be so many people who just have this in their blood. You know, when the book came out, uh, I read it and we had, you know, several talks afterwards and the two greatest compliments you could have ever paid to me and to us in my office were one that what you just mentioned, because in Missouri, election boards are bipartisan. So half of our employees are Republican, the other half are Democrat. And that you said most of the time, almost none of the time that I know if I was talking to Republican or Democrat and two, you felt like you you didn't have access to anything that any member of the public would have been able to get access to. And I was surprised that you ended up having a final product because I was convinced at the beginning that, okay, she's going to start coming to these board meetings. She's going to come to these tests. She's going to go to poll worker retreat. She's going to get bored and she's going to give up on this thing. But uh, you stuck around. And the point is to any election official across the country, I don't feel like we really went above and beyond here. It's just, we, we just told you, hey, we've got a board meeting coming up. Come to it and see what, what happens and that kind of stuff. So I look like a normal person. I don't think I look too, I don't look nerd enough like, and you just didn't see that, but it was there the whole time. I mean, just like, I think, I think I'm like a lot of people who are actually official in, officially in election world. You know, I like processes. And, you know, process is such a big part of what you, what you all do. But one of the things that's giving me pause is the fact that I, okay, so I, early on, I learned the fact, probably from Eric, that 70% of election officials are elected in America. And I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. I, I didn't really know that. That was a revelation to me. But as I think about it now, Obviously, it's difficult to have the person who's overseeing elections be on the ballot. There's, there's an inherent conflict there that is just sort of baked into our system. And I suppose it, you know, it probably works itself out for the good most of the time. Uh, but of course, we have all seen examples of where it doesn't work out for the good. But that really gives me pause. That is such a, that is such a weird quirk in our system. Other countries around the world that are really trying hard to become more small D democratic and improve their systems and make their elections and voting more transparent and more, more honest and less corrupt. You know, and they can't believe we do it this way. Now in the situation that we're in now, I think this comes into play even more. And that's because 
this flaw in our system, and those of you who are elected who are listening to this, I'm not, I'm not faulting you. you. You're playing by the rules. You're in the system. But, but for someone like me on the outside, I, I see that as a flaw in the system. That flaw is being exploited right now because we have election doubters. Those people, those doubters, some of them are running to become election administrators. And that troubles me. I, I don't have an answer for it, but, but I think it's troubling that people who sort of really don't believe in the system, the way I saw people believe in the system in my research, that people who don't believe in the system, who think that it's all wrong or that they, they want to upend it or they want to rejigger it, that those people are trying to run the system. I am curious, how would you feel not having worked in, in St. Louis County and things like that? One of the things that can happen in the same, regardless of whether it is uh, appointed or elected, is that somebody can come in with absolutely no experience. And when you get to a director level or a clerk level, do you think that they should have some sort of operating experience in elections before they can get to that? Well, it, it I mean, it's a pretty complicated business from what I've observed. <laughs> And, you know, there are an awful lot of moving parts. And it, it would probably be a pretty steep learning curve for someone who's never done anything. Now, you know, here in St. Louis County, we have a board of directors and, you know, they don't necessarily know anything about elections, you know, and yet they're given the job of overseeing the whole system. Honestly, it's a good question you're asking because I was pretty surprised by that when I saw, when I attended the board of elections, uh, the board meetings, how little the board knew about how things worked. You know, I, I guess it could be argued both ways. It could be argued that not knowing makes you ask good questions from the outside. But you can also argue that you ought to know something. <laughs> actually, I just saw on election line, um, I think in Pierce County, Washington, they're actually going to have a, a public vote. It'll be on the ballot and whether or not the county I don't know if they're a county auditor, county recorder, whatever it is in the state of Washington, to have it be appointed rather than elected. So it's an ongoing issue, I guess. You know, there are other public positions that are elected that you would think shouldn't be elected. Like, you know, the county coroner in a lot of in a lot of counties is an elected position. And that just, you know, that's another one that seems sort of weird, like you have no medical experience whatsoever, and yet you are the county coroner. I've always kind of had the same. Uh, reservations, but actually another person we talked to on this podcast was this professor that wrote a book about, you know, the history of election administration in the United States. And he made this really good point that kind of crystallized it for me that in the United States, we had democracy before bureaucracy. And that is different in most of the rest of the world, that we had these democratic institutions before the concept of public administration really existed. So, Yes, we elect a coroner and a sheriff and a tax collector and all these kind of people all across the country. And in many cases, they, they don't really need to have much in the way of qualifications or experience in that regard. And I think that's a product of our unique history in the United States. But of course, we all know, you know, what, what I have learned from talking to people is that most of the people who get into election administration, you know, didn't know anything about it before they started. You know, I have a whole chapter in the book called The Accidental Profession, where people just sort of stumble into election administration. You know, they 
I don't know, they get a part-time job when they're in college, you know, as a, an election gopher and it takes off from there. So there's something to be said for that too. A number of people have written about election administration and there, there have been academic studies on election administration and there continue to be the interest, the academic interest in election administration is increasing and there's more, there's more writing about it. But I think what is unique about your book, Gloria, is that it approaches it from a more human level. When you gave me the draft of this book, I went home and I, I read it, you know, in, in one night, in one sitting, and uh, I called you the next day and I said, I, I don't know how you did it, but I feel like you captured the essence of what any election office across the United States does. And it's a great encapsulation of election administration in the United States. Well, I appreciate that endorsement so much. And, you know, anybody who wants to buy it, it's, it's election insiders behind the scenes with the people who make your vote count. I had fun writing it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a labor, you know, kudos to Eric and his crew because uh, they made everything accessible and they, they were open. And I, I think there, you know, there is a possibility that I need to write a second edition because, you know, I stopped right when the pandemic started even with all the changes that the pandemic induced, the, the basic principles of how to make, how, how you make things work still apply. But I, I, and I did try to track some of the changes that took place and there was a lot and the ramifications of that seem still to be in play. In fact, a lot, it seems to me from the outside that a lot of what changed, during, what was necessitated as change during the pandemic, some of it was, was really sort of advancing voter access in a way that people have been trying to do for a long time. But some of it is now being sort of squashed down again, you know, after the 2020 election. So as always, it seems, uh, election administration is in flux and things are changing all the time. And it's never the same thing day to day or election to election. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of High Turnout, Wide Margins. And Please tune in next time for another episode of High Turnout, Wide Margins.